I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You know when people start their sentence with, have you read? The answer is always no, isn't it? Okay, no. No, I haven't read it. Why? Well, because I'm actually quite busy. Because... The internet. I actually prefer reading the internet. And by reading, what I mean is watching middle-aged women called Babs give me life hacks about the house that I don't have. No, I haven't read it. No, I'm not interested in reading it. And no, that isn't your cue to tell me what happens in it. Because chances are, I'm not fucking interested. Tone after the tone after the to Weirdsville, friends. It's me, your friend, sort of, for now, Scotty. And if you're new round here, you are most welcome to stay as long as you deem fit. Now, uh, just forewarning you, if you are new round here, this isn't one of those podcasts that's trying to tell you how to be a girl boss or one that equates the money that you've got in your bank with how well you're doing at life. In fact, ATT is much the opposite. We actively encourage you to share life's so-called failures and have a rant and share with us some of your scandalous gossip and for you to try and piss me off as much as possible. This time down the pub, instead of dead pigeon, we've got a dead seagull. (laughs) Mouldy breaded chicken and a ghost in a penny. I mean, any other podcast you'd think that would be quite strange, but round here, that's fairly tame. Um, Remember, ATT is much like a nacho party. It encourages everybody to get stuck in. And so get on the blower, give us a call. If something stirs you in your Julie Waters, you know what to do. The number's coming up a bit later in the show. And before we get going, actually, do us a favour. Hit that subscribe button so every time there's a new episode, it's delivered to you in a friendly kind and timely manner. Producer Tim is in the driving seat today because Debbie's in uh, Venice on a holidays. I know, very cultured actually, contrary to popular belief, is our Deb. Um, I think she's having a bit of respite from me. So Tim, you're in the driving seat. Do your worst. Let's make it a good one. Hi Scotty and the whole team. Izzy here, first time caller. My lovely friend Tim put me onto this podcast and I love it. I think it's great. 
He also suggested that I call up um, and tell you about something that happened at my wedding in the summer, which was very embarrassing. My husband wrote a speech. It was very, very good, and he spent a lot of time. It was really funny and thoughtful, blah, blah, blah. And so the last line of his wedding speech was, and to my wife, Izzy, thank you for deciding to come on this adventure with me. Um, I'm not sure if you can guess which crucial, vital part of that sentence he somehow just didn't say. But essentially, in front of all of our friends and extended family, right into the microphone, making really severe eye contact with me, he goes, and to my wife Izzy, thank you for deciding to come on me. And it just went silent, and then everyone started dying laughing, and he sort of tried to fix it and was like, oh, uh, deciding to come on this adventure with me, and thank you for letting me come on yours. And that was just game over, really. The whole room was gone. <laughs> Izzy, first time caller badge, winging its way to you. Thank you so much. I mean, I can heavily relate to this because essentially, I mean, people, long-term listeners of this will know that I get arse over tit and my tit over me arse quite a lot. So I've put my foot in my mouth and the other way around many a time. So, I mean, do you know what? It probably broke the water. Broke the water. <laughs> See, I just did it. <laughs> broke, <laughs> broke the ice. <laughs> it probably broke the ice. So um, I'm glad that... <laughs> do you know what? I'm, I'm just going to stop now. Hey, Scotty. It's Stevie from Colchester and uh, I just wanted to come in with a reply for the person, the poor person who phoned in and had to strangle the pigeon like four times. Bless you. My God. I mean, it's a funny story actually, but also oh, awful. And um, it just reminded me of, <laughs> I was in my early 20s. I was going out with this lad. He was very eager to please chance to be a fine thing nowadays but um he asked me what was the most like heroic thing a man has ever done for me I know I know straight straight relationships are weird and uh I said to him because I'm a big animal lover I said oh my boyfriend stepped in once and um helped to kill this seagull that was in a bad way because I couldn't do it Just when I'm saying it out loud now, it's weird, but I was just appreciative that somebody else was there to to do it. Anyway, we'd had this conversation one drunken night and uh, a few days later, a week later, I don't know, we were walking along down the seafront. I walked past this seagull that was like by the edge of the wall and uh, I thought, oh, it doesn't look very well. And I just sort of said quietly, oh, I hope it's okay. And uh, we carried on walking and I was just chatting away. I realised he wasn't walking with me anymore. Turned round and he was stamping the shit out of this seagull. (laughs) And I was like, what What are you doing? What on earth are you doing? And he was like, oh, I thought you wanted me to to kill the seagull. I thought that's what you were trying to tell me to do. And I was like, no, I think it's just sheltering from the wind. Anyway... <laughs> he died, and I, <laughs> and so did our relationship. <laughs> oh dear, <laughs> poor lad. He was only trying to help me out. <laughs> oh, that's it. Bye. Love you. Mwah. 
Hi, <laughs> Steven. Do you, know, do you know what? I'm really worried this is going to turn into like the dead bird podcast. People like admitting to their bird sins. Now, seagulls. I mean, I know the vegans will be very upset with me saying this, but they are fucking evil, aren't they? They are devil spawn birds. I mean, I've never met an animal I'm more afraid of than a seagull. Okay. Yes, I don't mean to be that typical fat person that's like, please get off my chips, please don't mug me from my food. I mean, it's quite a fear. Okay. But you just can see they're staring at you. I mean, I used to live by the seaside and I'm very glad I don't anymore. Although apparently seagulls, you get them everywhere. They're not just at the sea. I mean, we could get down a long, I'm sure someone from the RNIB, is that the right one? <laughs> RNIB, Royal National Institute for the Blind. Is that it? Right, well, one of them's one of th- that's the blind one, isn't it? <laughs> the Royal, the Royal, uh, the RSPB, the Royal Society for fucking b- b- for poncy fucking birds. That's what it's for. Maybe you're a member of that and you're going to find this um podcast series quite triggering. Do you know what I think the moral of this story is? Men are quite weird, aren't they? Quite strange people, aren't they? Thinking like, what, what is it? about heterosexualists men that they think subtext <laughs> is murder <laughs> you know that do you know you're lucky stevie that you're not in a relationship with this person my favorite thing you've ever said though on this podcast is straight relationships are quite weird because i was like well yeah you got you got a point there yeah scotty uh this is uh, me sure I'm a first time caller, long time listener. Although having said that, I have attempted to call before, except apparently I'm such a luddite I didn't realise how WhatsApp voice notes worked and just tried calling you like a lemon and talking to a disconnected phone and thinking, oh, I thought I had a really good uh, long conversation about bodies and fat phobia and gender and stuff and i wonder why it's not none of them have been picked up for the actual for the actual podcast apparently i'm just a fucking lemon um i'm leaving a note mostly to discuss the fact that i'll be on me ollie bobs very soon i know you were on your ollie bobs last season and uh i am finally going to be able to honeymoon in japan which i've been planning for a really long time and it's been put off and then put off again and then put off again and it's finally getting to go do it um i'm not sure that strangling a pigeon is very vegan i I don't think that's um Um, I think that's the kind of thing that you attempt if you know your way around animals and know what to do with them. Uh, Poor, poor thing, poor thing. Also, I'm very glad you've discovered that curry sauce on chips is actually good because I was thinking you liked chips with, I think it was your Chinese food you mentioned, and I kind of thought, well, hold on, objection, isn't that also wet food on chips? But apparently you've discovered that not all wet food on chips is bad so that's that's good thank you bye hello lovely misha first time caller long time listener ftc ltl badge winging its way for you listen what do you think i've got fucking all the time in the world to be answering the phone to you bunch of fucking dickheads absolutely not no you can leave me a fucking voice note and if i'm that way inclined i might respond 
Yes, this is, I mean, yes, it can be very confusing, but I mean, it's not very, okay? All you've got to do is open up the WhatsApp and send a voice note to the number that we give you. I say it every week, I say it in, and I say it out. No, I'd say it week in, week out. That's what I meant. Okay, so there's that. Well, listen, you're finally getting away on your honeymoon. Lovely. Japan. Well, it changed me. Honestly, it fucking changed me as a person. There's something about being so hyper-visible there that you start to, like, really become quite introspective about who you are and how you are which I found quite uh, enjoyable. And there were just certain parts of Japanese culture which I really, really enjoyed. Like the fact that I could walk around looking like a fat nan and everybody thought I was a celebrity. Like usually in the UK, people take the piss out of me. Uh, much more so in my 20s when I used to wear funny clothes, you know. Um, and less so now uh, that I just look like I want to kick everybody's face in. Um, yeah, the, it, walking around Japan, honestly, people just were throwing... People came up to me in, uh, like, department stores, draw it with little drawn pictures of me. Everywhere I went, people would scream, kawaii, which basically means, oh my God, you're super cute. And I would always turn around and be like, hi, kawaii, which means, yes, I <laughs> yes, I am very cute. Um, it's just a beautiful place. Like to feel the way that I always describe it is, is um, like the the food culture is completely different. The interpersonal culture is completely different. The alphabet is completely different. The language is completely different. And so you are immersed into a completely different culture, and you either go two ways with it. You know what I mean? You kind of like find the thing that I found so beautiful was always finding a way to communicate and I wasn't going to like big city Japan I was going to like small town Japan and you just find a way of communicating with people and I don't know I just found it very nourishing very lovely and a really beautiful place but I tell you what everything in fucking Japan wants to kill you if it wasn't like one place we're staying they were like well there's this bell that goes off which means the bears have come down from the mountain so you should probably stay indoors okay so if it wasn't that it could be a tsunami if it wasn't that it could be an earthquake if it wasn't that you know I mean I was just like I mean Fucking bless these people, man, because making such, like, the volatility of the world on that island against the joy and the optimism that those people have, honestly, I don't... I had a whale of a time, so I hope you do. Please let us know the things that you've enjoyed. Come back in the room, Misha. It'd be lovely to have you back and hear your little travel journeys and how it all went. I hope you like it. Oh, God, imagine after all this time you fucking hate it. <laughs> Hi, Scotty, Debbie, Tim, Cat, Maya and everyone at the pub. I just thought I'd um, tell you something funny because I told the people at work and they weren't too impressed, but that's okay. Um, so, as you know, like being an adult, you have to go to the food shop uh, as in uh, Tesco, not uh, to do product placement. And um, I went a couple of weeks ago and I did a little shop and I went to put everything back in the freezer. And um, I I'm swear I maybe left my breaded chicken at Tesco's. Anyway, so we move on a couple of months. And this morning I was driving to work and I had to brake a little bit too hard. Um, and out slid from the passenger seat were these breaded chicken. I couldn't believe it covered in mould but I just had to stare at them and they stared back and I said oh there you are anyway they didn't reply because they're not alive um but I was very shocked and it shocked me so then I went into work and told everyone and no one was found it very funny and I thought maybe 
Maybe your podcast might find it funny. Um, anyway, I've just been thinking about it all day. <laughs> Listen, I'm not laughing at the story because I'm like your colleagues, I didn't find it particularly funny. <laughs> But, <laughs> but, well, I don't know. I don't know what the but is, actually. <laughs> I, I like the fact that he thought, well, if this story doesn't land in work, I know where it might do. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry, it's a hard pass from me as well. I mean, yeah, you you, you, you mislaid some, some, some breaded chicken. <laughs> Thanks for calling. Really can't wait to hear your next update. <laughs> Sit yourself back down, please, because still to come, there's an embarrassing text message and some specially written poetry. Oh, for fuck's sake, Tim. I don't want to do fucking rhymey, rhymey poetry. Listen, if this turns into some dead bird poetry corner, I want nothing to do it. Because I hasten to add, actually, everybody, in some circles, I'm known as an edgy audio maker. And by this fucking way this is going, I'm going to end up with a gig on spring break, aren't I? Listen, this episode of ATD is kindly supported by Bauman's. Now, I wouldn't be sat here endorsing something I hadn't used and enjoyed, would I? Now, earlier this year, when I had a breakout of eczema and I was anxiety scratching, Bauman's really did come to the rescue. Uh, We think you'll really like their products and their ethics. They're not tested on animals. Most of their products are 100% natural and suitable for vegans. And their company catchphrase is skincare for all. So you can see why we're working with them. Uh, Eczema, psoriasis, rosacea, dermatitis, scars or marks... Or if you just fancy treating your skin to something kind and lovely and loving, we think you should check out Bauman's. Um, ATT listeners, we've got you an exclusive offer, actually. 20% off all products with no minimum or maximum order. The deal is valid on both the UK and US sites and they ship internationally too. So check out Bauman's.com, B-A-L-M-O-N-D-S.com and use their code ATT20, that's att two zero at checkout for a massive 20% off. And my tip is to get the bar foil because it's gorgeous. This week over on Patreon, the call we couldn't fit in is from Karis, who tells us all about a horrific haircut. It's one to tune in for. Patreon.com forward slash after the tone. And for as little as a glass of vino a month, you can help us help you. Because let's be fair, I mean, at this point, this is basically a public service, isn't it? Um, And as ever, if you'd like to join in, open up the WhatsApp and send a little voice note to this number. Zero, seven, double, eight, two hundred... Good morning, Scotty. So I am a first time caller, long time listener, or the other way around, if that's what you prefer. And I was just like, I need to listen to all of it before I make a voice note. I need to like, you know, complete the podcast before I send something in. And then I just woke up this morning and I was like, what the fuck am I on about? I can just do one whenever. It doesn't even matter. Um, this podcast is great, so good work. Um, good work, everyone who calls in and says interesting stuff as well. Um, so basically, this year I blew up my life um, and left my long-term partner and one of my best friends, really, because I just became so queer that it was not possible to be in a straight-passing relationship anymore. 
yeah, now I'm in this, like, non-binary queer relationship, but it's fucking great, to be honest with you. Um, But the reason I was calling is because last night I went to a comic workshop and I've been wanting to draw comics for so long. And in general, I feel like I'm a creative person that maybe possibly has ADHD. So I just never finish anything. (laughs) Never finish anything. I've got fucking millions of started projects all over the shop. The workshop just made me do stuff without being a perfectionist. And it was amazing. And I completed loads of different things. And they were all, you know, some of them were a bit rubbish. Some of them were fine. And some of them were really good. And I think my main takeaway from that was just fucking do it. Just fucking do it. Just fucking do it. Hello, lovely person. I don't think you left us your name, but FTC LTL badge winging its way to you. Listen, you don't have to clock this thing. You don't have to finish it, complete it. In the same way, like you're talking about, that's a really, there's a a beautiful irony here, isn't there? Because you're saying about the beauty and the joy of not completing the comic and those sort of art projects, but feeling like you need to finish this before you can join in. Fuck that! Finishing is very um, capitalist. Uh, I mean, if in doubt, blame capitalism. <laughs> it's very normative, isn't it? This idea that you, mu- you, you something must be completed, must be round. Nah, fuck it. Fuck that. You, I, the stuff that I want to pick up, though, in your call is because... <clears throat> Well, this thing's going around in my head and I'm feeling like perhaps I'm being a bit of an old-fashioned person. And you know, you know me, I love to put things out here and we can have a chat about them. We have spoken before about this idea of straight-passing relationships, uh, particularly when you identify as a queer person and perhaps you're in a relationship with a heterosexual person. And so then, therefore, um, usually sometimes on the outside, your relationship um, can be uh, referred to or referenced or assumed to be something that isn't for you. There is a sort of debate that I feel is starting to bubble particularly around what we see with the heartthropper, heartthropper, I mean, I'm not a young person, as you can tell, heartthropper, the thing on Netflix about the children, you know, that thing. Um, And one of the people had to come out on Twitter. And I've been thinking about that. And I've also been thinking about, what's his name, Harry Stylish. And I've been thinking about this Particularly because my thoughts around Harry Stylish was that I felt like I was being queer baited. I did feel like what was happening was the aesthetics of a culture were being used to sell records. I'm going to put that out there. Now, the heartthrobber young wee one came out. And of course, this stirred a lot more conversation. And this isn't a new conversation. You know, people were talking about it back in the day with Boy George and David Bowie, etc, etc this sort of vagueness around sexuality, which, let me just put out there, I wholeheartedly endorse when I come into contact with it in my life, on dates, with people, with people that I'm interested in, with friends, when people tell me about them and who they are or what they're thinking or how they're thinking. Open-minded Mary here in the corner. But there's something about the introduction of capitalism. You know, there's something about the Harry Stylish that I'm like... I just don't feel it to be authentic. And that therefore makes me a gatekeeper of queerness, doesn't it? Um, So 
by no means here am I saying uh, Harry Styles is a heterosexual. What I'm saying here is, is the terms and the rules and the boundaries and the unfinishedness, see, I've brought it back, the unfinishedness of people's definitions of their sexuality has caused me, ye old homo in the corner here, to be like, well, what, what does this mean for me? And I wondered if anybody else is having this, you know, because I think so often these sort of conversations can polarise people and people be like, no, you are wrong. Or and so, or I think sometimes people approach these things with vitriol, where they approach things like, well, Harry Stylus is this, that Harry Stylus. <laughs> she's, she's had four names in this call so far. Harry Stylus um, is, is wrong. And I, I, and I guess that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, can someone educated a big fat old Mary like me in in what these new terms are? And, and so anyway, yeah, I know this was by the by because you were actually talking about your creative process. Lovely. Great. I'm glad you found it. Keep drawing. Do it. Send us one. You know, all of those things. But there is something here about um, legitimate queerness, I guess, that, that I would be interested in um, exploring with you all over the next few weeks. Thank you so much for for stirring this conversation out of me, lovely person. Yeah, anybody else listen to this, if you want to join in, just fucking join in. Honestly, you could be on season one, we could be talking about dead dogs. And we did that for quite some time, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, we did. Look, now we've moved on to dead birds. God, there's a real transition over nine series. <laughs> And now it's time to turn our ears to ATT's most marginalised community. Token straight white blog of the week! John came to the door tonight with something in a bag. and It's usually a pork pie and a £10 note. But tonight it was a jar of marmalade. And they said, I measure this marmalade and I put limes in it. And because his glasses were glinting, for a minute I thought it was... Ernie from next door and of course Ernie's been dead for a while and somehow I thought it was the ghost of Ernie giving me a jar of marmalade with limes in it when I was expecting a pork pie and of course I was wearing my pinny because I was stewing apples to put on my porridge the next day and I had my glasses on as well so maybe I look like Ernie's ghost. Thank you so much for this pertinent call about uh, preserves actually. I want about the gender presentation of preserves because if you offered me a marmalade with lime in it I'd say <clears throat> no thank you far too bitter not nice disgusting please do give me my beloved Aldi all brand not sponsored Aldi all brand not sponsored Biscoff knockoff with the crunchy bits in it please actually because it's actually beautiful biscuity spread yes please thank you very much but on the other hand if you offered me lime pickle you know the bits that sometimes you get like with your poppadoms and your bits and bobs with your breads and all of that if you offered me lime pickle I'd be like mm, yes please give me that bitter sour goodness and I think the gender presentation of a preserve can really make me go yes or no. So I wouldn't take a marmalade, but I would take a lime pickle. And I, 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 there's something in that. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but there's something in it. That was, of course, the amazing Ian McMillan. Um, you can catch him on his regular slot on The Verb on BBC Radio 3 or catch up with it on BBC Sounds, where you can find the episode on Verbatim, where I'm talking all about ATT on it. Hi, Scotty. 
how are you? Feels like I haven't talked to you in a long time. How have you been? It's a Brazilian Carol here. <laughs> and I've been writing poems lately. I don't know if you could call them poems. Since uh, my um, romantic life took a U-turn um, earlier this year and now I'm learning polyamory, which has been a pretty fantastic journey, although quite hard at times. So yeah, I wanted to share something I wrote that, yeah, might resonate with someone at the pub. So there we go. I want to knit you a sweater. I don't know how to knit though. I could sing you a song instead, or draw you some flowers, or cook you a warm meal. As long as you hold me for a bit, and love me for a bit, caress my hair, tell me I'm beautiful, let me sleep on your chest, let me pick the movie and order a pizza, make me feel safe and seen, and then I could run you a warm bath and make you laugh whilst you soak in the water, strip down, try to join you whilst water, water gets everywhere. As long as you take me on a sweet ride, and when I fall in love with you, you go there with me, hold my hand along the way, show me the flowers, point me funny clouds, tell me to close my coat as it's cold. We see the woods together, kiss by the river, sit in the sand and watch the sunset. And I can lick your tattoos, smell your hair, massage your feet, kiss your hands. The moon reflects in your dark irises, and I love your eyes, even if I don't understand them. Are we done? <laughs> Hello, Brazilian Carol. <laughs> just love, I love that you were like, my name's Brazilian Carol. Ah, <laughs> oh, heartbreak is a bit of an arsehole, isn't it? I, do you know what? I really hope that that fucking poem was for me because it's about time that I had some fucking fan fiction in it. I'd love some niche, really niche fan fiction, please. If anyone wants to write me some fan fiction, please do. <laughs> if anybody needs any inspiration if anybody like brazilian carol would like um you know to take something from this you're beautiful let me stroke your hair <laughs> there was something where you said uh, in my dark heart in my dark eyes i think in my dark eyes i think in my dark ass and i'm um, just I, I definitely heard in my dark ass <laughs> just uh, that's what i definitely heard so i'm gonna go with my dark ass and my beautiful eyes <laughs> Look at me, so self-centred, making this all about me. Listen, learning polyamory. I absolutely love that as a turn of phrase. And you're totally right. It does, t it, we do have to learn it because everything we've learned up until that moment where we sort of discover that part of ourselves. And I preface this by saying, I'm not telling everybody that you have to be polyamorous because every time you talk about non-monogamy, people think that it's a cult that you're trying to get everybody signed up to. No, far from it, actually. Because if you aren't grown up enough to have, <laughs> God, this is going to sound awful. But if you aren't grown up enough to understand that it's just another option then you're probably not the person that I want to be in a polyamorous relationship with. I think early on in my polyamorous career, thank you very much, I thought that I could teach this to other people. I could teach, you know, partners who were wanting to go on that journey and I could teach it with them. And I tell you what, it's really difficult. The person has to do the work for themselves because otherwise you're just, it, it can be coercive. You know, you're trying to get somebody on the same page as you and maybe they're just not. 
Maybe they're just not, and maybe they never will be. And so, yes, this idea of learning polyamory, and I think you learn polyamory all, like, all the time, right? If you are in a non-monogamous setup, and let me just say, like, just because someone is non-monogamous, it doesn't mean that they're polyamorous. There you go, right? There's so many different types. And I don't know, I think I keep on learning parts of myself through these, through the relationships that I have. Full disclaimer, I got my um, doctor's letter the other week, which has got my diagnosis on it. Five pages long, I'll have you know. Fucking hell, they don't half go in for you. And essentially, it's a doctor's letter that they're writing to your GP. They've got to send you a copy of it for full transparency and all of that. And my God, don't they go in on you? Well, anyway, they got to this bit about relationships and who is in my life. And it says some really lovely things about my partners. Absolutely. And it says that they're really supportive and they're really helpful. But this straight, white, monogamous guy has put a value judgment within it that has really stuck with me and really fucking annoyed me, which is that he feels that I uh, am part, have these relationship setups because it helps me learn how to um, get my needs met. And there was part of me which was like, fuck you, bringing your fucking, like, doctor value judgment in here, like, making me sound like I'm some needy bitch. And then I took a step back and had a little word with my therapist <laughs> and I was like... Actually, no, that is right. And I shouldn't feel ashamed that polyamory means that I get my needs met. That is exactly what it is. But I come at it with a very different value judgment. I come at it in a way that's really open, which is about what I need and what they need as well. But there was just something in that, in that moment that really fucked me off. And I was like, go fuck yourself, you fucking educated asshole. Anyway, uh, Brazilian Carol, lovely to have you in the room. Thank you very much for your poem. I'm going to stick it on my wall and pretend it was all about me. Hiya, Scotty. Hiya, producer Deb and Tim and Maya and everyone in the pub. Um, Scotty, you were asking for stories about embarrassment. And the main one I can think of at the moment, which still gives me pins and needles and hot flushes whenever I think about it, even though it was 16 years ago. I was working with someone who I found fairly challenging at that point and they were lovely in some ways but it just really got on my tits um, and I sent a message, text message, what I thought was a text message to my husband, um, slagging them off basically, just saying how fed up I was with them and I was having a shit day and they'd made it loads worse and, you know, saying things that you would never want that person to to hear, you say. And, of course, I sent the message to the person it was about and not my husband. Oh, my God. She came to talk to talk to me about it and told me that she'd got the message and I could have just fallen through the floor. I just really wanted to not be there and to not have to deal with it. But I just had to just apologise so much and say I was having a really bad day. It wasn't her fault, etc., etc. But actually thinking about it, I do stand by it still. And uh, she was being annoying. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's like the eternal fear isn't it like particularly you know when you wake up in the morning and you think oh i sent a late night text message and you wake up in the morning like <laughs> the absolute fear or sometimes when you're forwarding an email and you're like oh so this has been said and you're like oh my god i really hope i've sent it to the right person it's it's like the the modern fear isn't it the back in the old days the victorians didn't have to worry about writing the letter to the wrong person and you'd have about four days to be able to intercept the letter. (laughs) 
Yes, I know this fear very well. If you too have had one of these moments where you've just wanted the world to swallow you up whole, please do get in contact. You know, there is something about this which I think is good because I'm, you know, a big believer in open communication. And sometimes I think people just need to know when they've been a dick. And of course you want to do that in more constructive language than perhaps you've done in that text message. And it is really helpful to vent to other partners, etc. But... I don't know. Maybe the... Oh, God. I'm about to sound like one of these tarot people. One... Maybe the universe was giving you a sign. Oh, my God. I said it. That's awful, isn't it? But, you know, maybe it was helpful. And, you know, you do stand by those those things. It wasn't like you were making something up. You know, you genuinely thought that this person was a dick. And so they shall always remain. And that's your lot for this week. Today, we have done queer baiting, wedding speeches, some fan fiction, yes, please, and the gender identity of Jam. Over on Instagram this week, with your help, we're collating a list of good chippies from across the world at After the Tone P-O-D, and we'd love you to submit yours. Remember, you're invited to the party, so drop us a line. That number is in the description box. I'd love to talk about, like, class differences and observations of culture with you, and I'm really up for some fun chats about the benefits of being a nut job, actually, and... um also how are you feeling about christmas so get on the blower i'd love to hear from you but for now from me from tim from maya and lovely deb on our holly bobs we'll be back before you know it but until then i'll leave you with the thought that somebody across the other side of the world is having a go at themselves whilst thinking about me in a bath <laughs> have a good one After the Tone is produced by Tim Bano, assistant producer Maya Miller-Lewis, executive producer Debbie Kilbride. ATT is a Debbie production. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.